Welcome to Live Daf, your online Daf Yomi Shir. Shalom Aleichem and welcome back to today's Daf Yomi, which is Nedarim Daf Ches. We are holding right on the bottom of Zion Amad Beis, the last couple of words on the Daf. Ve'omarav Gidol Omarav. Here come another couple halachis in the name of Rav. Number one. How do we know? From where do we learn that one can actually make a shavuah to commit himself, to oblige himself to fulfill a mitzvah, which he is obliged to do in any case? How do we know that that works? Shanemar, as the Pasuk in Tehillim says, David HaMelech speaking, I swore and I fulfilled that shavuah. What was the shavuah? For. What was it meant to accomplish? I wasn't inventing my own obligations. It was a shvua lishmoyer mishpetetet kecha to keep your righteous laws, your mitzvahs, mitzvahs atayra, mitzvahs hashemis barach. I made a shvua to compel myself to fulfill those mitzvahs. Now it would seem that Rav is introducing a new concept because you see. We are all obligated to do mitzvahs. In fact, we took upon ourselves a shvuah, an oath, to commit ourselves to those mitzvahs, to fulfill the entire Torah. And now you're sort of adding another shvuah on top of that. Can that work? Asks the Gemara, how does that work? We already have a shvuah imposed upon us from way back. We have committed. We have made a bris way back at Har Sinai to keep the entire Torah. You can't double dip shvuas. You can't add a shvuah on top of a shvuah. Now, as the Ram points out, the Gemara figures that Rav was telling us just that. You can make a shvuah on something which you are already mujbava oimet. You are meant to do so because of a pre-existing shvuah. And the question is how? How can that be? Because the Gemara in shvuas actually learns from a pasuk. It doesn't work. You can't double obligate yourself. Now, when it comes to Malkus, says the run, meaning when it comes to the standard Shavuot procedure which results in a Chiv carbon upon violation, that doesn't work. If it's already something you're meant to do. But Malkus, says the run, of course, would apply if a person violates his words, his commitment. Even if it's a Shavuot on top of a Shavuot, Malkus would apply. But that's posh, that's simple. Profane your words. You don't need Rav to come tell us that. So bottom line is, a mitzvah is already rooted in shvuah. You're going to add a shvuah on top of that to bring about a of karban if you if you violate the shvuah. We know that's not so. You can't do a shvuah on top of another shvuah. Ella Hakamash Mulan says the Gemara. You know what Rav really meant to say? He wasn't saying that you know it's a, it's a full-fledged shvuah uh, which carries the you know standard shvuah consequence rather he was saying like this the shari if a person wants to you know get himself going a person's allowed to use lashay shvuah and even employ the name of Hashem to be himself, to encourage himself to keep those mitzvahs. 
And what's the point of Rav telling us that? So we have several, you know, Pshatam. We have the Ran first. Ran says, you know, even a person who is not uh, accustomed to making Shvois, for the most part, people try to avoid making Shvois. But it is a Dover Hogan. It is something appropriate and recommended to use the power of Shvo to compel the Yitzhahara to override the evil inclination. And to ensure fulfillment of mitzvahs. You know, there's a word from Bali Musar. You know, the question is, what happened to Bechira? Hashem wants us to, you know, pick our way through life, to pick and choose through life, not to compel ourselves. So the word is that that's the biggest Bechira, that's the biggest choice, the best and most powerful, impactful, and effective method of Bechira, of free will is to bring about upon ourselves a situation where we can no longer deviate. So we choose not to choose. That's the biggest choice. That's the best Bechir. The Rosh adds, the Chiddush of Rav is, it's not considered Masker Shem Shemayim Levatolo. So he's employing Hashem's name in this Shavuah, which is just a sort of a zeros to get yourself going. It's okay. So bottom line is, it's not really a full-fledged Shavuah. Because the mitzvah you want to do in any case. And ein Shavuah chalo al Shavuah. But you can use Shavuah language to be mezaraz yourself. To add some you know, enthusiasm and commitment to ensure that you fulfill Hashem's mitzvahs. So it's a new concept of Shavuah. So Shavuah is sort of zeros. You're committing to add umph, to add more motivation and more commitment to your mitzvahs. Here comes Allah number two, in the name of Rav. Ha'imer, a fellow gets up and says, I'm making a shvua that Ashkim ve'eshne perak. I will get up early tomorrow and learn this perak. Learn this daf. Ashne, mesecht azu. I will learn this mesecht. Nadar gadol. Nadar. In this case, says the Gemara, it's a real nadar. And the Ram points out, Lashon Neder and Lashon Shvua are many times interchangeable. Because technically it's not a Neder. A Neder involves applying Isr to, uh, to an item. The Achila of this item is Asr to me. The use of this item, it's something which is Chetzer related, as we learned back on that base of the base. Here it's person related. I'm committing to get up and do that. Typically that's associated with Shavua. So the Ram says, you're right, it's, uh, it's just another way of saying Shavua. But the bottom line is, it takes effect. Nedar Godel. This is a great nedar, a great commitment. Nadar, Leila Kei The question is, what do you mean? To get up and learn? That's a mitzvah. It's a chiv min atayra. The Ran says, one is chayiv to learn. Tamid, yayim v'layla kifi kayichay. A person is meant to learn at every possible moment. As much as his ability and his schedule allows him. So how can you make a shvua on top of a pre-existing chiv, which in itself is a manifestation of that prehistoric shvua from Har Sinai. Asks the Gemara of Ali Mujba Ba'imeid, Mi Har Sinai Hu. His present day shvua can't be added to a pre existing shvua. He's already mukhayyiv to learn, Torah. Okay, says the Gemara, my Kamashmon. So, what, do, what would you like to suggest? Dafilu Zeruzi Ba'alma? True, it's not a proper shvua, but. 
to a certain extent it's something which commits him. It's mezarasim. And that's the shvo we're speaking about. Not a standard shvo, but rather a shvo zeros like we mentioned before, which spurs him to be mekayim that mitzvah. Well, hainu derav gidol kamaisa. That was halacha number one of Rav, quoted by Rav Gidol before. Why the repetition? This concept of a shvot mezaraz yourself has already been discussed before. Answers the Gemara, you're 100% right. Halacha number two. The shvot, to get up early and learn, actually, is chal. Does work. Does create a new chiv. What do you mean? I already have a chiv to learn. Since technically a person can, you know, be yaitze, he can exempt himself from the minimum chiv of Torah just by saying Krishna in the morning and night. The pasuk says we are meant to engage in Torah, right? At evening time and when you get up in the morning. So at a minimum, Kriyashma recited at night and the morning would be applied to that Chiv. You can be yet to the Chiv of Talmud Torah. So committing to get up and learn Torah, learn the Daf, that's extra, that's extra credit. That's not Mushba Vo'imit. There's no Shvu on that. And therefore, says the Gemara, that's why Chayil Shvu a Shvu can be applied to this commitment. Now the Ram points out that we can't learn this Gemara literally. Reading Krishna twice a day it takes care of Chiv Talmud brings a Raya from the Gemara Kedushin. We want to learn every free moment. As much as a person can, as much as the schedule allows. So how can the Gemara contend that just Krishna suffices? So he says a Chiddush. True. There's a Chiv Talmud all the time. The Rush brings the other Pasuk in Yeshua. It's a constant mitzvah, a constant obligation. But it's not the Ferush in the Pasuk. The Pasuk doesn't really express that clearly. It's a drasha. At least the, the runs, uh, the Pasuk, Vishinantami, that's a drasha. That Torah should be clear and within one's reach. That only comes by learning constantly. So it's a drasha. And the one has a chiddush that if it's a halacha learned from a drasha, it's not a, a pasuk, a clear pasuk, then you can add a shvua to that. There's no issue of adding a shvua to another shvua because it's not a, a clear pasuk. That's a chiddush of the Ram. And that explains this halacha as well. Because in terms of what the pasuk is telling you, Krishma would be enough. So adding anything to that can be done by way of a shvua. Continues the Gemara with halacha number three. From the same Manda Omar. Omar of Gidol Marav. Here comes an interesting one. Ruben turns to his friend Shimon. He says, Tomorrow morning, we're going to get up early. We're going to start our Seder. We're going to our daf together. Nashkem. We'll get up early. And learn this portion of Torah. What is the Allah? It obligates him. Who? Ruben, the one who initiated this commitment. Allah of Hashkem. So, number one, he has to do it. Number two, he has to be the one to come early. Because after all, he initiated it. He started it. Which indicates that he's willing to lead the show. He'll be there first. As the Ram points out, we're speaking, he didn't even express any 
Lashon of Neder or Shavua. This Kabbalah is sufficient to obligate him, as we find by Tzedakah. We learn from a Pasuk of Picha to Tzedakah, just a Kabbalah, just a verbal commitment counts. And he's meant to be there first, as we find by Hashem Yisbarach, who summoned Yechaskel to come out and, and meet him, and Hashem was there first. Hashem turns to me, this is Yechaskel speaking. Go out to the valley, where I will speak with you. And Yechaskel followed, I went out there, already standing there waiting for me. So the fellow who initiated this idea, the fellow who said, the he has to go learn and be there first. So we have three halachis from the same Manda Omar, Rav Gidal Marav. Number one was the concept of Shavuot L'Kayim Mitzvah to be mezaraz yourself, to spur you to a stronger commitment in terms of keeping Torah Mitzvahs. Number two was Mekabali Shavuot to learn a specific um, you know, amount of learning. That is Chal, that gets activated as a full-fledged Shavuot. And the third case, even without saying Shavuot, in terms of committing to doing a mitzvah to learn Torah, you don't even have to say Shavuot. And it obligates you to the point that you have to be there first if you were the one who offered the deal. Okay, now we're shifting over to the halachis of Cherem, of Nidui, of excommunication. Amr Rav Yisif, Nidu B'chalayim. Suppose, during one the dream, he experienced a situation where he was excommunicated. By, by whomever. He needs to take that seriously. He needs to find 10 people. We know that 10 Yidn bring down the Shechina who will release him from that Nidui status. Why? Says the Ram. Because perhaps, perhaps the Nidui that he experienced during his dream was heaven sent. Which requires a proper releasing procedure. Ten people who will use the power of Shekhinah to counteract, so to speak, the need that he was placed in. What type of ten people? People who are Tamid Chachamim, those who learn Halachis of Gemara. And they have the ability to release him from this state. Avol Masnu. But if they're really fellows who are engaged in learning, but Mishnayis, not on the level of a Gemara. They don't learn Gemara. You can't use them for this purpose. This is the Rashi's Pshat, the Mefarish, I mean, and this is um, others, but the Ran actually learns a bit differently. He says that Tano means they learn just on their own. They don't teach others. And Masnu are the ones who convey Torah to others. They are melamiter lachirim. They they have the ability to come here and help him out. So masnu means they are ones that are melamid lachirim. Lachatchila, you need those people. Vileka detanu hilchasav. You can't find a people of such stature. Afilu masnu, even the first degree of simple learners, veloitanu who don't impart to others or who don't know gemara. At least. Uh, use them. Vileka, if you can't even find those people, 
What's that? What's the solution? Lazel, you should go over Lazel, Aparshas Drachim, go sit on the, um, at the fork in the road. V'yoyv, Shloman, offer Shalom Aleichem, Lebe Yudan, until you get to ten people. So offer Shalom to ten people. Ad the Makli, Leasara. The Gamri Hilchas, until you actually find ten, you know, suitable people who are, you know, well-versed in, uh, in Gemara, etc., who will tend to your issue. But until then, at least you'll have this protection, this temporary protection that Ran says, by offering somebody Shalom Aleichem and getting that response, Aleichem Shalom, there we uh, offer him a protection, a temporary protection from any, from any um, Yisurim, any difficulties, until he can actually release himself from the status. It's interesting to note that we do say, you know, Shalom Aleichem three times at the Kiddush Lavana ceremony, perhaps for the same purpose. Shalom Aleichem, and getting that response, Aleichem Shalom, gives you a special brach and protection for the upcoming month. Omar Ravina, the Ravashi. I have a question to you, Ravashi. Yoda man shamte mal. Suppose he's aware of the identity of the individual who placed him in that shamta and that cherim in his dream. Mao delishule. Can he go back to that person to release him? Typically, the chacham who imposes cherim can remove it. Difference is, this time it was in a dream. But can he go back to him to take care of it? Amalei. Ravashi responds in the negative. Why? Perhaps Hashem sent him as a shliach to place him in cherem. It was in the name of Hashem. But But in heaven they didn't perhaps enable him to release you of this cherem. So if he was, uh, you know, really the one who gave you the cherem, you know, uh, in a non-dream situation, in a wakeful state, then of course he has the ability to remove it. But in this case, perhaps he was sent by Hashem, in which case he was only empowered to give it, but not to remove it. Omar later of Achla Ravashi. Another question. Shamte, a fellow experiences this cherem. He was placed in cherem during his dream. Vishorli Bechome, and he also was released during that same dream as well. My, what would he say to this situation? Omar he says, it's still trouble. Geshem Shei Efshar, just like we know. That grain cannot, you know, hold, cannot keep blade heaven without a little uh, hay mixed in. That's just the way it is. A person cannot experience a fully reliable and accurate dream. Every chaylam has some sort of, you know, silliness to it. So you never know which part of the dream was real and which wasn't. He was placed in the cherem and he was removed from the cherem. Maybe part one was real, part two was not. So he has to look after it properly. Ravina had a story. Havale Nidra Levisu. Ravina's wife had a nether which she wanted to, you know, dissolve. You can do that by going to a chacham and being mischarit, expressing regret. So Ravina wanted to do it for her. Also, like Ravashi. He comes to his Rabbi Ravashi. Amarlei, he asks him a question. Is it okay for a husband to go approach the Chacham, present his wife's charata, his wife's regret, and release her from her nether? According to the Rambam, the Ram quotes the Rambam, the question is only presented regarding a husband and wife because they are one unit. But typically you can't do a shliach for somebody else. But he brings from Taisus just the opposite. 
Of course, a regular person could be a shliach for this purpose. And the chiddush is even a husband. Perhaps he's motivated. He'll, uh, you know, tweak his presentation to ensure proper results. So the question was posed specifically for a husband. Is it okay for him to represent his wife? Omar Lehi, Ravashi responds, well, it depends. If they were already sitting there, the Bezdin is already sitting there, in which case you didn't really expend much effort to put them together, which would perhaps encourage you to tweak your presentation to ensure proper results. They're already sitting there. So it didn't involve much tircha. In, then it's okay for him to present his wife's case and get a release on her behalf. But otherwise, then don't do it. We listen, uh, we hear, we derive, we conclude three halachas from this episode of Ravina, who did not tend to his wife's nether right then and there. He could have just taken care of his wife himself or had some Talmudim take care of it, but he didn't. He went to his Rebbe Ravashi to look after it. So bottom line is, from the whole story and Ravashi's response, we can learn three things. Number one, it's okay for a husband to represent his wife. Number two, it's inappropriate for a Rav to release somebody from a nether where his Rebbe lives. That explains why Ravina did not tend to it on his own because it was Ravashi's mocking. Number three, even when a husband represents his wife, already sitting there, already gathered, then it's okay. Continues the Gemara with a slightly related halacha. Vishamta, this whole discussion is regarding a nether. Don't look after somebody's nether if your Rebbe is right around the corner. It's inappropriate. It's not honorable. What about if a person is in a cherm? He's desperate to get out. Vishamta, afilu ba'asr the Rabbi. Even if it's your Rebbe's community, you have the ability to remove shamta, release a person from cherm. Apparently, this is not uh, you know, an advanced legal process which requires you to defer to your Rebbe. Number two, even a single individual, a Talmud Chacham, who is an expert in these halachas, Shari Shamta, he has the ability to release somebody from his khair. Continues the Gemara. Omar Ab Shimon Bar Zvid, Omar Ab Yitzchak Bar Tavlo, in the name of Omar Ab Chibar Aricha, who was the Veir Ab Acha, who I guess in the base manager of Acha, who sent the name of Omar Ab Zer, Omar Ab Laza, Omar Chanina, Omar Ab Yashem. In the name of whom? Okay, what did they say? What does the Pasuk mean when it says, Pasuk Malachi? The sun will shine for you. Those of you who fear my name. Who are these people? Elub Adam refers to people who are petrified of invoking Hashem's name in vain. And the Pasuk continues, Shemesh, Tzedakah, Umarpe. For these people, the sun will provide stokka and healing. We learn from here, the rays of the sun, they heal. This pshat, presented by these manda amram of this pasik is in dispute. And this pasik is referring to the days in the future, days of Tchiyas Ames. The Amar ain't gehinaim, if the Tchiyas Amesim, there won't really be Gehenim. There won't be a need to have a special you know, location called Gehenim. The Gehenim process 
will just be a default process. Those who will not be able to tolerate this chart tzaddikim, that will be their difficulty. That will be their gehenim. In gehenim lelamapu elakadish borchu moitzu chamam natika. Rather, Hashem extracts the sun, the source of light and warmth, from its case. As opposed to today, and then it's going to be really shining in full force, full force. So this immense light, which represents the most intense. Revelations of Hashem's spirituality. Tzadikim is that will afford remedy and healing for Tzadikim. That the rain itself, that very revelation will apply judgment to Rishayim. They, they won't be able to tolerate a servant's light. That will be their oinish. Shemesh. For the Yerushimi, for the Tzadikim, I will shine forth my, my light, my sun. So for them, it's going to be remedy, refuah. Lord, not only that, it gives them immense pleasure. They'll have immense pleasure from that. You go on your pasture like the you know, animals in the pasture. That'll be the most intense pleasure and enjoyment of connecting to Hashem, blessed love. And that same very light will be shut out from the Rishayim. Rishayim, they will experience immense difficulty just being exposed to this light which is totally not on their wavelength. Since they're not really deserving of that light, they're not really able to relate to it. It's going to be a tsar for them. It's going to be like a burning furnace for them. Once off in the Maral, he says, the English of Rishoyim, it isn't necessarily you know, a separate place. It's the point that you can't, the, the frustration of not being able to experience and take part in this, this uh, heavenly experience of Elam Hapo. So let's briefly recap today's Zav. We have three halachas in the name of Rav. In the first case, it's mutter, it's appropriate to utter a shvua, to encourage oneself to be Mekayim Torah Mitzvahs. We learned a Chiddush, when it comes to Limerat Torah, a shvua can be legally binding. And number three, Nashkev V'neshna Perekzeh, even without even saying the Lashon Shvua, the Kabbalah obligates, the Kabbalah commits, he has to go and be there first. A person experiences a need to be chalayim. He needs ten people to undo it. And if you know, even you know, the person who did it, you can't go back to him. Perhaps he was heaven sent. And even if he was released from the shamt in the chair, that's not enough. We learned that a husband can represent his wife in terms of undoing her nether. Suppose the chacham already summoned, already sitting there. You're not meant to do Hataras and Dharm, as a, you can't tend to somebody's nether in the place of one's Rebbe. But Shamta, that's okay to remove even Basir the Rabbi. Even the Yachid can do that. And the Pasuk describes the intense pleasure that Sadiqim will be Zaykh Lasud Lavai. It should all be Zaykh Mehrbe Amen.